Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the re-wrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, modelling. Why are we taking any notice of these guys anymore? Uh, and, and masks, we seem to have... I don't know, it's all over the place. Um, Mike is a victim, uh, we'll find out why and whether he wants to be or not. The tax is rolling on in, is that good news or bad news? And uh, why public transport is not really a thing in this country. But before any of that, uh, we, we've had enough, we're not going to take any more. Basically we just don't like being told what to do. People don't like getting told what to do. I did my, I've got my ongoing survey at the supermarket yet again, sitting waiting. 39 people went into the supermarket over the weekend. 39. Three did the track and tracing. Three. Three of 39. People aren't doing it anymore. Boosters aren't looking good either. Major problem in Australia with the boosters, and this is where the Omicron's the problem. Because Omicron's not serious, or people aren't taking Omicron seriously, and part of that you can put down to the forecasters, because yesterday we were supposed to have 50,000 cases. What do we have? 120. It's going backwards. It's getting embarrassing. Um, Boosters are at 51% of the eligible population. 51 and so that's not working either because people are going to themselves, I suspect, well, what is it I'm boosting myself for? Uh, even if it does explode, which inevitably I'm assuming it will, uh, what's going to happen to me apart from a runny nose and a bit of a cough? And the whole world's moving on and the borders are open and Australia's not getting boosted and we're not getting boosted and we're not tracking and tracing anymore. I don't think we're even isolating, to be frank. We don't like being told what to do. They've lost the room. Uh, so just so you know, the supermarket is the Walkworth countdown. I'm dobbing them in because uh, all I know is that all the supermarkets I go to, everybody scans in. Some people seem to feel obliged to scan in every code that they come across. Um, but apparently at the Walkworth Countdown, you can get away with it. Um, I wonder what the modellers have to say about that and the mask use. Sorry, peaks off. Uh, it'll be March now, according to the Prime Minister. Um, so if you're expecting a peak in February for the Omicron, 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 Omnicron. Uh, we we had one. We had one the other day. It peaked. Got it and then, and then was it, it two, two twenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it went down again. And it went backwards. Uh, I, I obviously, as a modeler, am resigning my position this morning. I predicted on Friday that it would be three twelve or three thirteen. Um, I'm obviously closer than the person who predicted it would be 50,000, so I've got some potential maybe, but obviously I'm off, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. Can we comes... set up a system of fines or something? Should that we... do. The more you're off, the more you get fined. Imagine Sean, Sean and Carl have to give all the money back, wouldn't they? Anyway, according to the Prime Minister, the peak is now March. Can I get a phone call from the victims of modelling <laughs> outfit? <laughs> Mike, please, people aren't scanning in because no one can afford to isolate for weeks. There's something in that, I'm absolutely convinced. Funny story, Mike's sister-in-law had a rubbish bin stolen. In order to get a new one, she had to report the theft to the police. She did. Ultimately, she got a victim support call as well. That's depressing. Mike, don't get me started on mask wearing. Everyone has an exemption. Now, this is what I didn't realise. On the old mask exemption. Uh, retailers are having a tremendous amount of trouble at the moment with people getting all aggro. And by the way, don't text me all aggro about you. I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, the big march convoy today isn't anti-vax. I understand that. Our news is saying it is anti-vax. It isn't. It's anti-mandate. And it's an important point to make. You can you can be an anti-mandator without being an anti-vaxxer, obviously. There's but a Venn diagram there. there, there there's there's something, yeah, it goes up and then it curves to the left and then it goes around in a circle. Anyway, Mike, don't get me started on the mask wearing. What I didn't realise was that um, there's a tremendous number of people out there in the retail area, especially, wandering around with no mask on. And you go up and say, can you put a mask on? They go, I've got an exemption. Now, the problem with that is 
and this is the part I didn't realise, you don't have to carry your exemption card. And the reason you don't have to carry your exemption card, presuming you've got one, is because originally the government didn't want people discriminated against. I thought you were going to say because they might have a card exemption. No. <laughs> Allergic to cardboard? <laughs> so, so people are just going, I got an exemption. And the poor old people in retail, there's nothing they can do about it. And so of course, my suspicion is, and everyone's suspicion is, most people don't have an exemption. Obviously, they're just wandering around going, I've got an exemption. Now, over, over the weekend, uh, we uh, sat at a restaurant with an outside table because we had a dog with us. Seemed unfair on the other patrons to take the dog inside. Uh, but, uh, but that restaurant was next to a takeaways, and it was quite interesting watching the people come out to the takeaways. Uh, most people wore masks. The vast majority of people wore masks. And then there was the odd person who didn't, and you could just tell what kind of person they were. Just saying. Um, uh, so who's the victim in that situation? This is just my desperate segue to talk about victims. I got my call last week from the Victim of Crime Service. Very nice sounding man was informing me as a victim of crime. He was here to work me through the process of the courts and what would be happening next. This was a service I could access if I wanted. I didn't answer the phone, by the way. This was all on a message. Uh, I could call the 0800 number, ask for Paul, and he would answer any questions I had. I remember receiving the same call last year. Uh, This time it was because a bloke threatened me via text to this station. He threatened me with what the police have decided officially to call grievous bodily harm. He got arrested, appeared a week or so back, and will be back, I assume, to plead later on this month. Last year, it was a bloke who threatened to kill me. He got discharged. So when the second call from the victim's service came in, uh, I'm less inclined to get involved with them, simply because it seems a fairly futile exercise. I think I know how the courts work. Person appears, they get bailed or not in this latest case. He got bailed, despite the fact the police opposed it. When he reappears, he will have a lawyer and either say he's guilty or not guilty. If it's not guilty, that will drag the process out further. If he pleads guilty, he'll be told to reappear for sentence. The whole thing will take far too long because the courts are clogged and they blame COVID as well because COVID gets blamed for everything these days. The victim service is a classic government-type sop, I've decided. It's done for the right reasons. I'm sure all the people who work for it are very nice, very helpful. It's designed, no doubt, to make you feel as though, as a victim, you have standing, you are important. The reality, of course, is you're not. As I say, last year, the bloke who threatened to kill me, he got discharged without conviction, despite pleading guilty. I can't comment, obviously, on the current case, but I note last week the story of a bloke in Wellington who got into an altercation at a pub and shot at a few people. He got jail until the appeal, at which point the judge decided that he could go home and serve a sentence on his couch. I wonder what the victims in that case feel like. I wonder if they felt the perpetrators were getting the better end of the justice system as opposed to the victim. So shooting at people is home D. Threatening to kill is not even worth a conviction. Cool system, eh? I um, was a victim once, and I was actually quite appreciative. I'd get these regular phone calls updating me what was happening with the court case, and that was quite good to know. I didn't mind it. I've got time for a little chat. Maybe that's the problem. I've got time. Mike does. Very busy man. Lots of things to see and do. Uh, like work out his taxes, probably. Crown core or core crown tax revenues increased from $76 billion when this government came to power in 2017 to $98 billion last year. We're being taxed more and more and more. This was confirmed by Infometrics over the weekend after adjusting for inflation. Tax revenue grew by 4.6% over that period. It's going up. You're paying more tax. The amount of tax paid by New Zealand individuals, that's you and I, 5.72% a year between 2017 and last year, primarily PAYE, 
while the increase in GST paid over the same period was 4.9%. So in other words, yes, we're spending some money, but the tax we're paying is greater than the money we're spending. We're getting taxed more and more and more. It's gone from $76 billion to $98 billion. I suppose you ask yourself, what have you got for it? See if you can come up with an answer. Well, two minutes of content for our breakfast show for a start. So that's got to be worth it. Um, we're going to finish up here. So do we, do we get a functional, working, efficient, comprehensive public transport system? Is that what we get for it? Small economics lesson, by the way, and the dangers of making stuff up as you go along. As part of this new light rail system for Auckland, uh, the government are going to potentially tax people close to the stations $1,000 a year. It's called value capture tax. It's an invented tax. And it's based on the premise that because you live close to a train station, you can use a train and the value of your house will go up and people will build things close by that you will use. Trouble with it is, that might be true, but then it might not be. In other words, you might just be paying $1,000 for nothing. Tax on a promise or a theory is dangerous. Income tax, for example, is only applied when you've actually earned some money. They don't say, give us 39 cents and hopefully you can go out and earn a dollar. They take the money once the dollar's in. Public transport is as much about ideology as it is about reality. Cycle lanes are the same, as are bus lanes. Planners of a certain persuasion, of course, love them. But as COVID has taught us, once offices opened up again, buses never came back to what they were. Trains certainly didn't come back. The only thing that's bounced back is roads. You'd be better off taxing people who live near an on-ramp. Another great failing of the whole public transport obsession has been that it's based on the idea of Sydney or London or Paris or New York, forgetting, of course, that even Auckland at 1.5 million isn't a fraction of what the world's major cities are, and therefore, as such, you're trying to be something you never can be. As it turns out, I live near a railway station. I've never used it, never will. And whether we like it or not, public transport has never really been embraced by the masses. And because of that, you shouldn't be taxing people because the so-called value has never materialised. On a road toll, you're only told if you use the road. No road, no toll. Why then are you charged a capture tax if nothing's captured? A lot of water to go under the bridge, of course, and as I've said before, I doubt the specific light rail project we're talking about will ever get off the ground. But the red flag here is not Auckland and light rail, it's the concept of a new tax, and never underestimate the power of more free money for a politician. They do seem to have a thing about light rail, don't they? I'm Glenn ZB. I just don't know if light rail was ever like a fundamental keystone to, you know... Socialist politics, anyway. I'm Glenn. Z- I'm Glenn ZB. I'm not against it. I would love to be able to catch light rail from my house. I just, it's never going to happen. I'm Glenn ZB. Try desperately trying to finish this podcast. Uh, it's the rewrap, and I'll um, start it up again tomorrow. See you there.